Hey y'all, this is Sarah Mel, and you're listening to Phases of the Womb Podcast. All right, you can introduce yourself. Okay. Hey, I'm Stephanie. Um, I am 32 years old, a newish mom, <laughs> and we know each other from school many, many, many years now. <laughs> you don't have to put that many, many. <laughs> <laughs> many years now. <laughs> We we old now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously I've known you for a while and um you and Mark have been together for a long time. So I know the conversation, I feel like when everybody saw y'all, it was kind of like, all right, like, you know, when y'all having kids, when y'all having kids, when y'all having kids. Um and I feel like you yes. were very much like it's not happening. Like we good, we're good, we're good right now. We're good right now. You know, whatever. Um, so when you guys finally decided, okay, it's time. Like, how did y'all come to that conclusion? How did y'all, I guess, like plan it? Yeah. So we had in our minds, we kind of had a timeline. Um, so. You know, we went to Africa in 2020, March yep. of 2020. Mm-hmm. We already know that's when mm-hmm. shit hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but initially, you know, the plan was once we got back, because we realized just there was always going to be something. I think during that time before March happened, we had, you know, a lot of either friends' weddings or mm-hmm. trips or mm-hmm. this or that. And we kept finding ourselves in a space of like, okay, well, after this or after this or, Mm -hmm. you know, because we didn't want to, I guess, quote unquote, like, miss out, you know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, because at the same time, you know, we're still young, we still want to travel, which we did. And then we realized, like, there's never going to be a a perfect moment, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to make that happen. Um, so initially, okay, after Africa, we were like, all right, so that's when, but, you know, COVID <laughs> happened, <laughs> and we were like, no. <laughs> um, so no, this is not not the time. Um, let's, let's be shut down and vibe out at home together. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then towards the end of that year is when uh, we knew we were going to, you know, start actively trying. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a couple months before that, I got off of birth control, you know, to get, like, my body Mm -hmm. re-regulated. And then, you know, we we tried, and a couple months later, that's when now we have soul. (laughs) (laughs) So... Let's talk about this pregnancy pack that I swear y'all have. Um, oh gosh! <laughs> I just want—I just want the listeners to know that three of the couples that came on this Africa trip with us 
we're basically pregnant at the same time. So in my mind, it was a pregnancy pact. You can't tell me any different. It is what it is. But <laughs> what was it like experiencing, I guess, pregnancy with your friends? And, I, you know, it was staggered. So, like, you know, someone was more, far, like, further along than you. You were able to kind of see what they were going through and share experiences. So what was it like, you know, sharing that experience with friends? Yeah, so um, one of them, I think she was, I want to say, oh gosh, maybe four or five weeks before the second, mm-hmm. and then um, the second was, she was seven weeks ahead of me, mm-hmm. so I was the last one, uh, <laughs> which was also nice because I, I really relied so heavily on being able to ask them questions and what they went through, mm-hmm. um, but it was really nice being able to have friends so close in pregnancy because again the questions especially this being this was all of our first pregnancy so having it be our first time you know going through it together like oh well I'm currently going through this and then literally a ripple effect like a couple weeks later (laughs) okay I'm now there too Mm -hmm. um was was really nice and being able to have I, I think too like and now you know now obviously soul is about to turn two in august and if somebody that were you know pregnant you know one of our friends is pregnant now too so in talking to lynn now she's currently pregnant but it's also you know i'm not currently pregnant so i I also get that you know wanting to talk to somebody that is literally in the moment like pregnant so that was that was really nice to have uh them to lean on because Mm -hmm. i did have other you know people that you know have had babies but it was it was extra special being able to rely on having those conversations with them as to what you know we were going through you know either physically or like hey how are we feeling emotionally today uh so that was that was really great and i was mm-hmm. really blessed to be able to have that uh as you call it <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, every time I turned around, it was like, I'm pregnant. I feel like it was uh, probably more so the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm telling you, every time I turned around, I was like, oh, she pregnant. Oh, she pregnant. Oh, oh, y'all did this on purpose. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes. Yeah. No, but it was cute. It was definitely cute. Um. But I can definitely, I mean, I think, I think in a lot of things, especially in, in unknown situations, I feel like having, you know, communities help having, having, you know, people going through some of the same experiences, it kind of, it can kind of show you like, you know, everything is actually fine. You know, this might be weird feeling to me. Um, but then you see like this person had the same feeling and then they're fine or like, you know, oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah. I think too, like, um, it, it really showed me too how, even though we're going overall big picture, we're all pregnant going through the same thing, but everybody's pregnancy experience is so mm-hmm. unique. Yep. You know, it's so different. Like at the end of the day, yes, we all, you know, have babies, but what everybody, you know, their own story is so unique to them. And that really just shows you how many different, like, 
outcomes or experiences there are, which is also another, like, it, it was awesome to be able to experience their experience with them. Yep. Yep. That's, I mean, I think that's, that's a very important point too, because I feel like a lot of people who don't necessarily have the experience you had, um, they typically rely on reading other people's stories and then they internalize that and they're like, oh, well, this person did this and this person had this experience. So this must be how it's going to go. But I think keeping in your mind while generally things follow similar timelines, everybody's experience is going to be different. No two experiences are going to be exactly the same at all. Um, so how... Or I'm not going to ask you like that. Um, did you do anything to prepare for the pregnancy since, you know, it was it was essentially planned. You got off birth control, things like that. Um, was there anything specific that you did, I guess, prior to pregnancy that you felt like, you know, kind of got your mind right and your body right for pregnancy? particular other than keeping the same I mean I guess like what I I mean you you know my so mm-hmm. oh, okay so I was vegetarian I had been I think since like 2014 mm-hmm. um, so if anything the only thing I did switch up was I, I once I got off birth control I did begin to incorporate fish mm-hmm. so I would say that's the only thing that I really switched up um I kept my diet the same, if anything, making sure I, I try, and I say try, (laughs) I try and eat as healthy as possible to begin with. Um, so prior, I just made sure to keep that, you know, on the forefront and during pregnancy as well, I, you know, had a lot of fruit. Uh, so I would say that'd be the only thing. And then once, once I was actually pregnant, um, trying to tap into like different, breathing exercises because of you know uh the way that I had envisioned my pregnancy or the route that I wanted to take Mm -hmm. so I I would say that that's pretty much the only thing mentally I think that was the biggest thing that I prepped for it was very much a mental thing like okay you know mental talks often like we're doing this um but I think that would be the yeah some of the things that I I wouldn't want to not really entirely switched up because they're kind of things that I would already do in everyday life anyway. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, it's just with growing a human. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, um, since you brought up uh, being vegetarian, so did you have any, we'll talk about what what type of provider you chose in a second, but like, um, did you have any like, pushback or concern from your provider surrounding your diet Um, because I do hear um, from people that if they're vegan or you know things like that their their providers may try to kind of like force certain dietary like enhancements or vitamins or supplements or you know whatever was like, were there any concerns around that, or was everything fine? Uh, 
no, they were they were very supportive. If anything, they just you know said to obviously make sure that I get it from other sources. Uh, but I think in choosing the provider, that was also something that was important to us, making sure that because essentially I'm I'm with we're with them along this entire journey, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't at any moment want to feel like I was being pushed into doing something that I really didn't want to do. So right. you know I we told them that from when we first met with them, I guess, when, if you can say shopping around the different mm-hmm. um, places that we wanted to go to. So when we were, you know, interviewing them, you know, we, we did let them know that and they were very supportive. So that was also one of the reasons that made me feel more comfortable with, you know, going with them um, because I, I didn't want to, f- I think the last thing on your mind during mm-hmm. this time should be like worrying about, you know, your provider, I guess, making you do something that really, that you don't want to do or doesn't right. line up with mm-hmm. what it is like whether it be values or whatever so i yeah okay so um how did you choose um what type of provider you wanted for your pregnancy so we knew we wanted to do it at a birthing center mm-hmm. um and in south florida there actually are not many birthing centers. So the options were not like, we didn't have many, many options. I want to say there were probably like three um, and four if one was like on the West Coast. So that was automatically like, okay, that's not going to work out. Um, So really three and, you know, one being like, one was in Miami, one was in, uh, I think like, Coral Springs area kind of yeah. and the other one was in Hollywood mm-hmm. and um so we did look at all three because essentially it is all just a drive away I want to say maybe like 45 minutes tops which isn't too bad yeah. um so we did look at all three luckily we ended up going with the one that was closest anyway mm-hmm. um but yeah so to begin with the options weren't you know that choosing them I think just asking again what I was saying before if they how they felt about you know the birthing process like what was their process so just asking those questions I also looked up you know questions to ask too because I feel like at least for me um in the moment I might have like a million questions going through my head and then as soon as you know I would leave my fear was that I would just forget, like, mm-hmm. ask those questions, mm-hmm. and then I would hate to call back up and be like, hey, so I forgot to ask you this, this, and this, um, so just having some general questions written down, that way I made sure not to forget right. anything, because mm-hmm. um, I think in that moment, there, it is a lot of information that's coming at you, Right. Um, so just trying to be as prepared as possible, uh, and then also finding, too, like, in them asking us questions or telling us about it like stuff would also pop up you know to be able to ask them so Mm -hmm. that was uh essentially how we chose our provider i think also like going off of the vibe we felt very comfortable as soon as we went in there you know even speaking to them and then walking us through it they didn't make us feel like at any moment like any question we had was dumb Mm -hmm. uh which i think being a first-time parent like every question i feel like was probably like is this a dumb question you know um and they didn't make me feel that way at all it was very like I remember even prefacing some of my questions like 
and I know this probably sounds, and <sighs> them even saying to me, like, no, like, that doesn't sound, right. you know, and that made me feel very good mm-hmm. in that moment. Um, so, yeah, I think feeling comfortable, them, the way that they answered our questions, uh, you can just tell that they had a lot of care and integrity in what they do, mm-hmm. uh, which made us even more comfortable in, in choosing the birthing center that we chose. Okay. And I think I think it's a good a uh, good point that you made about um how you say like you 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 were a first time mom, so you know, a lot of your questions you weren't sure if they were dumb questions, whatever. But I think we I think because pregnancy is such a natural thing, we feel like we should know a lot of the answers. Um and I just want to reaffirm everybody like especially I mean whether it's your first second or third time again every pregnancy is different but mm-hmm. ask questions because I would hate for you to get to like your labor and you didn't ask a question that makes you know a hell of a difference in your experience right. and you're experiencing like damn maybe I should have asked that because of x y and z you know like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Stuff I, like I, that. I think as a person, too, I'm I'm very much like a listener, observer. Like, I, I take in. Mm-hmm. and But I think during, like, in that pregnancy and, and in choosing and wanting to make sure it was right for us, like, being vocal and making sure that it aligned with what it is that we were looking for was very important. So I think I had to get myself out of that, that bubble and that shell you know, even if temporarily and like ask those harder questions, Mm -hmm. you know, for the sake of not making maybe someone feel comfortable, but making sure that I was comfortable. So I also having that conversation with myself in that moment. Okay. And then, um, why, why a birth center? How did y'all land on that, that place to deliver, um, what made you choose like a birth center and, you know, that route? of delivery um i knew that we knew we wanted an unmedicated birth Mm -hmm. and with the least amount of interventions as possible Mm -hmm. um so i i knew that i did want that um which is also very you know possible in a hospital but i think even prior to getting pregnant I kind of, I did look at, you know, I did some, you know, comparisons and um, landing on the birthing center I felt was going to be the most, like, least interventions, you know, unmedicated, Mm -hmm. like, they don't, they don't even have to give an epidural there, so even if, like, in the thick of it, if I was, like, uh, I think I forgot what movie it is, but in that scene, I remember it. But she's like, "Give me the juice." <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to even do that. Um, but you know, the space was just. I think also what was important to me was <clears throat> I'm a very big believer in like, you know, uh, setting. Setting is also very important. Mm-hmm. So it was a very like homey feel. It was literally a room, yeah. like a room with 
a bathroom and a bathtub mm-hmm. and like it was like a switch you know like a swing mm-hmm. um so it was a very homey feel um which i think was important to me too i'm like i said before like i think setting is also important to put yourself in that mindset of okay like relaxation you know they also um put on like literally whatever music i wanted to put on um was an option or bringing stuff from home if i wanted to and and setting it up in a way that would make it comfortable for me uh so they offered a lot of those options so in the end that's why i was like okay i think i want to go with the birthing center Mm -hmm. um just to have that you know home feel and again like least amount of interventions like if i wanted to get on all fours i could if i wanted to be on my back if i wanted to lay down this way Mm -hmm. um i had the options too and with the mid with with the midwife being there at the moment you know just kind of guiding me and supporting me essentially instead of like telling me no this is how you're going to do it Mm -hmm. um which was most important to me yeah that's good and I, and I mean, for the people who may not know what a birth center is, it is out of hospital. A lot of times they are made like, they kind of look like houses. I've seen some real fancy birth centers, um, but um, a lot of times it's just to, it's made to feel like a home. Um, so some places have kitchens, they have you know, bathrooms, huge tubs. If you want to birth in the tub, they have beds, you know, things like that. And it's, you have very limited staff. You don't have the amount of staff that you would have in a hospital. So you have a midwife and during delivery, you have like a nurse or a birth attendant. Um, But a lot of it is geared towards, you know, what type of birth, the parents want to have, what type of environment they want to be in. Because like you said, you knew what type of environment you wanted to be in. During during birth, it's already a high stress situation. So if you can limit the amount of stressors around you, it helps facilitate a more calming birth environment. Like they, I, I don't remember if this was in class or I don't know why I heard this, but, um, one of the things that, you know, people talk about is how, like, animals, like mammals, they go somewhere secluded to give birth, right? Um, if they're in a place where they feel danger, they're not going to just stop and give birth. Your body reacts to that. And I see that a lot in deliveries. And I don't think people even realize what's happening where, you know, in the hospital, you get to, like, 10 centimeters, you're pushing, you're having all these contractions, and then we call a doctor. And it's a moment. The doctor comes in, gets calmed up, gets ready, and then you don't have no contractions. And we just sit there for like 10 minutes waiting for contractions, and people don't realize that's a stress response. Your environment changed, you got stressed, so your body is in like fight or flight mode. So it's like, do I feel safe? Like, is this a calm enough situation to 
you know, for me to have my baby. And people don't realize that that's literally what's happening because you, I'm telling you like clockwork, you'll be contracted every two minutes, every two minutes, pushing amazing. Like baby's head is almost out, like pushing, put, you know, beautiful. And then it's like, soon as they come in, they want to turn on the lights, put on the gown, five people come in the room, everybody's surrounding you, everybody talking at you. And then your body's like, Oh no, nah, we're not about to do this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, like fight or flight response, like yeah. Mhm. I think, I think people, especially providers, need to be more cognizant of that. I've had, in my experience, some really great providers who, one, either come in while you're pushing, or two, um, they keep a calm environment. They don't turn on the lights. They don't necessarily put your legs up. Um, it just, it just depends. And it, it, it depends on who's in the room and who's talking and who is the focus on, what are you doing? So I just think it's, I think it's important for people, like, especially when they're choosing a provider or choosing just like what place they want to birth at, where they want to birth at, what's going to make you feel the most comfortable. Um, cause it makes a difference. A lot of those situations are what people say traumatize them. Just like those environments that just, it's time to deliver and it just becomes this stressful place. And that's what ends right. up traumatizing people. And it's not necessarily what I would think. Like I've had a girl who had like some significant blood loss and all of this happened. And to me it was traumatizing, but her most traumatizing thing was everybody running in the room and talking at her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but yeah, sorry. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, no, it, it is very true. Like there are, you know, there are, some, you know, situations where that could even deter somebody from having kids in the future because they, they don't want to go through that experience again. Mm-hmm. So. All right. All right. Um, so next thing I wanted to ask you was, um, did you, throughout the pregnancy, did you do any um, birthing classes or um did your own research any education just I guess trying to figure out how you wanted your pregnancy to go and how you wanted your labor and birth and everything to go um so I knew pretty early once we picked the birthing center I kind of knew already like you know an idea um and in speaking to you know even you throughout Mm -hmm. the pregnancy and hearing it from other moms too you know and obviously Google was just my best friend during this time Uh, (laughs) but obviously hearing a lot like you know you can also you can always have a plan but just be very you know uh open to because just anything is possible so trying to keep that in the back of my mind as well um you know even with uh it's so you know okay 40 weeks you know, yeah. once I hit 40 weeks, everybody's like, okay, where's baby? Where's baby? Mm-hmm. But uh, in, you know, in going to the birthing center too, I already was perfectly fine with like, okay, if I pass the 40, I'm good. If I hit 41, okay, 42. My body knows what to do. So very much being trusting in that sense, like yeah. he's going to come when he's ready. And my body was literally made to do this. So like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. So I'm glad that that wasn't a stressor for me. Um, once I hit the 40 weeks, cause he did not come mm-hmm. at, the, at the 40 week mark. Um, but me knowing in my mind, I was like, well, he could hit another, you know, another week or two. 
if anything, you know, Mark's biggest biggest thing was just, all right, well, as long as we stay within the Leo, uh, <laughs> the Leo window. Because you know how we feel about our Leos. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I think Google was a great, you know, source just because there's so much information out there. But I think for me, too, I did keep it very, uh, especially towards the end, I made sure to keep, you know, a lot more positive stories near and dear. Yeah. Um, because, again, mindset is everything. So I wanted to keep very, like, positive stories and, um, you know, yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. It definitely does. Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like, I mean, obviously I haven't been pregnant, but, like, um, I feel like towards the end of pregnancy, you start having, like, some anxiety and some fears just, you know, about how everything's going to play out. And I think having people around you that kind of switches that or, like, reminds yeah. Done that before, so like, right. as we were getting closer, I'm like, I it's really hitting me, like, oh, okay, I'm really about to push a <laughs> baby out of my vagina. Okay, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> like, yeah, um, and then as far as classes, uh, the birthing center does require you take like some classes with them, mm-hmm. so I really only did the ones with them, I didn't do anything, uh, external. So I took like a breastfeeding class, mm-hmm. um, which just they went over like latching and you know we it was like they had like a fake <laughs> like fake boob and like <laughs> stuff like that. And then um, I think like two classes and with all of those like you know your partner was um, to come with you as well. So that was nice to have mm-hmm. so that it wasn't just me taking in the information. Mm-hmm. But that I would say that was pretty much all. I did. I did do like some very sporadically because I don't want to. I did like some prenatal yoga, but like at home, you know, like when I had yeah. time, I just kind of yeah. put it on, find something on YouTube and do that. Um, but I did try and stay active, you know, like at work. I'm, I have a very active job anyway. So I was on my feet pretty much all day. So I would say that's where I got most of like my um, exercise from. Like mm-hmm. I was still doing a lot of walking. Uh, so, yeah, but those were pretty much the only classes that I took. Okay. And how do you feel like your overall pregnancy was? You feel like it was smooth? Uh, you feel like you felt it, okay? <laughs> uh, yeah. I would say it was very smooth. He was very nice to me. <laughs> um, he was, yeah. It, it was really good, actually. I... I knock on wood (laughs) um he I didn't have any type of like morning sickness like I didn't feel sick Mm -hmm. uh again he was he was very very nice to me the only thing that was changing was my stomach was getting bigger and Mm -hmm. then once I started feeling like kicking and stuff um but yeah he as far as like health-wise like he was very nice to me I Sleeping, obviously, as your belly gets bigger, just naturally, I feel like it just gets so very uncomfortable. Like, there were some times where I was like, okay, like, how how am I going to maneuver myself? You know, like, okay, I'm just going to lay on this side. Um, so I think that was one of the things, like, and sleep, 
I love sleep. I pretty much like I'm not a light sleeper, um, but this kind of made me a little bit of a lighter sleeper. Yeah. And uh, according to Mark, I did snore a couple times and I never <laughs> snore. So Soul did make me snore during pregnancy. Uh, which I was scared that it was going to be for, uh, for everything. I was like, am I going to just snore for the rest of my life? Uh, but no, that went away. That's <laughs> so, hilarious. Um, and then like towards the end, I did get heartburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember the first time it happened, I was like in Home Depot and I was like, what is this feeling? My heart, my chest, my throat, like what is going on? Um, but it only happened a couple times, and then uh, towards the very, very end, which I didn't even know was a thing. I wish somebody would have told lightning crotch. Like, yeah. what the heck is yeah. that? Hello? I had never heard of that term <laughs> until it happened to me, and I was like, what is that? Oh and it's gosh. literally, like, in the name, and I get why it got that name. <laughs> I completely understand. Like, it happens in the flash super super quickly mm-hmm. it goes away it's nothing that you can even like really react to like by the time you react to it it's, it's gone. gone right yeah um but yeah other than that it, it he yeah it was a really great pregnancy i was able to stay doing like most of my normal activities um yeah so and i knock on wood because you know for future let's mm-hmm. just hope that that's the scenario for the next one mm-hmm. um for, for people who don't know what lightning crotch is <laughs> um basically what i believe the the i guess the physiology behind it like the baby is lower in the pelvis so sometimes they brush up against nerves and it'll send like a sharp pain like through your vagina <laughs> Yeah, that's why it's called lightning crotch. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally would freeze. Like, oh, okay. That's, <laughs> that's a thing. What is happening right now? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. Um, all right. So, what? And I mean this, like, written down on paper and then just in general. What was your birthing plan, and um, how did it differ from what actually happened? Uh, it differed in all the ways, <laughs> <laughs> as you know. I know. Um, yeah. So I get like written down on paper, like from what I said before, it was birthing center. Um, it was you know my body was gonna kick into you know, doing its thing and we were going to go and do our thing and we were going to go to the birthing center and they had already, already let me know, like, you know, if you're not too far along, like, we're just going to send you to the beach and have you walk on sand. Yep. In my mind, I already was envisioning myself like, okay, walking back and forth on the beach, like on sand, <laughs> you know, trying to get things moving. Um, Girl, I wish I could send somebody to do that in New Orleans. <laughs> Go walk on the beach for a little bit. Jesus. Yeah, that, they had let me know that from the beginning. They were like, if you come here and you're not quite where, you know, you need to be, you know, we're just going to send you to the beach because mm-hmm. it, I think it's like a 10 minute drive from the beach. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, so that was in my vision. I was already envisioning that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, 
just being there and, you know, I, we were going to do like, there was going to be a water tub there. So in my mind, just pretty much getting in and out or doing whatever I needed to do, but being there, right. Um, unmedicated. So obviously going into whatever breathing exercises I had, you know, uh, gone through, but also relying on Mark to kind of guide me through those moments uh, and being the support I needed, you know, uh, during that time. So that was the quote unquote plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and what, what transpired was, so they have you go to, once you hit 40 weeks, they do have you go, uh, to do an ultrasound, you know, to make sure everything's still good, that we're still, you know, in line with, you know, what, what we got to do. And I went there and, um, so at the 40 week mark, they have you go to get an ultrasound just to make sure everything's, you know, good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know see baby's position etc so we go remember this is this is also during like covid time so during for all of my ultrasounds mark wasn't allowed to be there with ultrasounds um Mm -hmm. like at all um so for this one he actually wasn't going to go with me because again like he wasn't allowed to be there anyway but he ended up coming with me to this one Mm -hmm. even though i could only you know be in there so they do the ultrasound and it's taking a little longer than usual and um the tech is kind of just like oh well okay well they'll be back in and i'm not getting like good vibes and i'm like uh okay (laughs) so then they come back in and um they tell me that the the amniotic fluid is low Mm -hmm. and that i need to like go get her done today like like in that day yeah and I was like um no (laughs) (laughs) I was like no that's not that's not a no Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so then they had they had me oh yeah I'm sure they had well you already know they had like the thing like wrapped around they did like a bunch of different tests so then they contacted one of the things with the birthing center is that they have a doctor at a hospital mm-hmm. just in case you know things um you know just in case a patient has to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and then that way that doctor already knows pretty much I guess like the wishes I guess you could say of how the parent would like you know the birth to go mm-hmm. um so they contacted they couldn't get couldn't get a hold of that doctor so then they called the um the nurse from the birthing center and it was like you know going back and forth she's sending over i guess like the results and stuff so because the amniotic fluid was low i think it was like below one yeah yeah it was low whatever you send me was low it, it yeah it was very low um and you know i'm it's, a, it's also a waiting game, too, because they're going, they're, like, I guess they're getting going back and forth. So then I have a second to go outside and tell Mark. Um, and, you know, by this point, I'm kind of, you know, because they're saying that I have to be induced today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm emotional, obviously. Yeah. I, I'm like, I do not want to be induced. Like, I, he's he's not ready. I don't want to be induced. Like, I don't want to force him out. And I think by this time we probably, 
we're already calling you to like yeah you know yep. get you know your advice and stuff mm-hmm. and you even being like yeah that's low mm-hmm. <laughs> it was low i remember that yeah, was like Ooh. yeah you were like mm, that's low so we went home uh and yeah we we went home and Actually, the doctor from so they have two different um, two different hospitals. One that they the main one that doctor was on vacation, mm-hmm. so that's nice. We could, exactly, <laughs> just conveniently. Um, and then the other one that they had that was at a different hospital also was not there. Oh gosh! I know, right? Beautiful, wonderful. <laughs> um, and then by this time, too, we had also contacted uh, my friend, who, the one that was seven weeks ahead of me, because mm-hmm. um, she actually did have a hospital birth, and she, that was, you know, her plan from the beginning, and she had a wonderful hospital birth, Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, really great for her, so now I'm, like, calling up all the resources, side note, Mark is calling up all the resources, because <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Mark, he, yeah, he was definitely the, the, the communicator, the advocate that I yes. needed in that moment, because yes. I was just, and I was just an emotional, in an emotional state of like, I can't believe that this is, you know, the route that's going to be taken, and even more so what gave a little bit more of like a heightened emotion was knowing that we weren't going to, even the doctor that was connected to the birthing center so at this point we're just kind of we're going to the the second one um but again they're not there so we're just going to that hospital anyway so Mm -hmm. any and also lesson to myself you know as well like because to even just have like a a backup 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 you know yeah yeah i how could i have predicted that 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 both doctors just were not going to be available. Yeah. Um, so I really hadn't even done any hospital research at that point, you know, which mm-hmm. which naturally I think would have been like my next step to make sure, you know, that we were even going somewhere that we were comfortable with. But time was not on our side, so that wasn't really something we had like the option to do. Right. Um, so Mark quickly typed up like a birthing plan that we could give the hospital. Um, you know, he was talking to my friend and you know he he did that really quickly and we packed up our stuff we kind of already had our pa- our stuff packed up because you know once you get to a certain point they're like yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but so we were kind of prepared in that sense um and then the rest of that was you want me to go into that too yeah i mean yeah okay. as much as you want it's up to you <laughs> well, yeah um so yeah, we get there uh, again. Needless to say, you know, at this point, like, okay, we're here, but it is like, it, it, there is a lot going on. You know, mm-hmm. like the doctors are, or just the team, the nurses. It's very like, okay, we have to do this and we have to do it now. Um, when we first went to do the ultrasound, it was like the morning, mid morning. So by the time we got to the hospital, it was around like eight or nine-ish, seven, mm-hmm. around there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're already, like, handing me a bunch of paperwork, sign this, sign that. Um, and uh, we had asked them for another ultrasound 
you know, just... Just to verify. Just, mm-hmm. Yes, just for, like, the peace of mind. Like, at the end of the day, I was already like, okay, if this is what we have to do, this is what we have to do. But, like, let's take one more ultrasound just to see where the amniotic fluid is. Like, you know, does it fluctuate during the day? You know, like, yeah. is it like... Is it like the tide of the ocean? Did the moon just like give me some more? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, by some right, like I just want to know, just mm-hmm. just so that I can be like, okay, this is this is it. Yeah. And they they really like they really fought us on that. Like they did not want to give us another ultrasound. Um, and we were like, but why? I was like, it literally. You just gotta hook it up and just. Just throw the jelly on there, scan me. I just want to know. And they were like, well, no matter what, either way, you need to be induced. And I was like, I, okay, you're saying that. And I I understand what you're saying, but I would really like the ultrasound. Because if it was on another level, to be honest with you, I was very prepared to be like, "Mm, get up, grab my stuff, and and leave. You know what I mean? And that's Um, one thing you're right, too. Like, I don't, I don't like, I get, I get, I get my side of it as a nurse. And as a provider, where we have recommendations, where this is this, so we recommend this. But people also forget, like, as long as you're informed, or whatever, you can make whatever decision you want. That's your body, and that's your baby. And if you decided, yeah. they came back and said, your AFI was like 5 or 10 or whatever, and you like, yeah, now nah, I'm out. Like, that's completely, like... That's that's on you. You can do whatever you want. Like I, I hate when they try to make when people try to make you feel like you have to do something. At the end of the day, I don't have to do nothing. Right. Right. So and that was very much the feeling. Um. So yeah, they they did that. There was a little bit of like a whispering situation going on. So I was like, mm, y'all just want me to stay here, okay? So <laughs> I think at this point they had switched nurses. Mm-hmm. And just pretty much everything that I had wanted to avoid going into a hospital situation was just coming into. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, just like, you know, a little passive aggressive, you know, just very forceful. Like, let me also say throughout this whole, throughout my whole pregnancy, I had not had any cervical checks at yeah. all. Yeah. Um, and my first one was at that hospital and they had just switched like nurses and it was this like, it was this guy with like super he was just really broad and I was <laughs> and very like oh my gosh I was like sir can we be a little more gentle <laughs> you are doing a lot right now. <laughs> um yeah so then you know it came time they they induced me they did I, I think I don't remember exactly was like a the, the shrimp, yeah the cervical yeah. cervical yes yeah mm-hmm. um and they did say they were like oh it, you know it might take a while it did not take a while <laughs> <laughs> i remember you said that too because i was like it's a 12-hour medicine you might not feel anything <laughs> lies whoever said that whoever said that was a liar they lied <laughs> um too I, I wanted to do an unmedicated birth but that was when I was doing it at the birthing center mm-hmm. or that was even not even the birthing center that was with me my body going through its own contractions right, you know right. uh one thing that I did 
you know, even with talking to you with other moms and, you know, even on my own research found out that induced contractions are not the same as as our own body contractions. Mm -mm. So by this time, I, you know, I'm also not trying to play hero. Like, like <laughs> I, I was, I was mentally prepared to go through my own body's contraction, um, but not the induced contraction. So I'm, I am already like, okay, you can just, you can just go ahead and do what you got to do, um, because it had already started hitting me, and it was, I feel like the waves of it were it would happen and it was maybe like a 30 second time be- before it like began again like there was no window of me even being able to like really catch my breath yeah um and i was like all right do what you got to do epidural do <laughs> go call the doctor get him in here because <laughs> this is not it <laughs> yeah um yeah, so they called them in after that, you know, my legs were jello, didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't know if I feel like on my right side, I don't know if like the, the dose was not strong enough or whatever, but I was feeling stuff like in my hip and on my right leg. Yeah. Um, where it was like painful enough, so the doctor had to come back in. Um like even with, you know, when he came in to give it to me initially, uh, I was going through a contraction and he was like, he was like, she has to sit up. She has to sit still. And Mark was like, she's going through a contraction. Like he had to be like, okay, like you got to let her get through this. Um, so yeah, I guess without going into specifics, it was not, you know, the most loving, um, you know, on the, on the team's end, which I, wish would have been but either way we got through it and I remember laughing at one point because once he gave me like the other dose like I think like my leg I saw it moving but that's because <laughs> it was being held up but I did not feel anything um and the doctor that was delivering she you know like you said like I, once they bring the doctor and I feel like some are very understanding and some are like we got to get this done. Yeah. And I think my doctor was very much like, we got to get this done because at one point, uh, at one point she was like, she was like, all right, you have, you have to push. And if not, like, if you're, if he doesn't come out within the next couple pushes, we're going to vacuum him out. Mm. And I was like, no, you're not. (laughs) I was like, like, you're not going to vacuum him out. No. That's not happening. Like, how is that okay to say to someone when they're literally in the moment of, like, pushing a body out of there? So I don't know if she thought that that was going to be, like, motivational. I don't know. Um, What I did, I I was seeing as I was pushing because before I started pushing, they had asked me, like, if I wanted to put a mirror there so I could see. And I was like, for sure. I was like, yeah, let's see. Let's see what I'm doing. Mm and if anything, that did motivate me because, like, every time I push, and when I stopped pushing, he would kind of like retract it. Yeah. Like, exactly. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, God, let's, well, we got to let's push again. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Then, you know, he came out. One thing that we didn't want was, like, you know, we wanted body contact right away. Yeah. Um, and 
they did try and take him away, like, right as that was happening. And again, thankfully for Mark, like, he really was the advocate that, you know, that I needed him to be in that moment because that, I think, I think as moms, like, that's the last thing that we're thinking about having to, like, be the voice that we need in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, where are you taking, <laughs> like, no, bring my child back. Where are you <laughs> taking my, my baby? Um, I did end up having um, a good amount of, like, blood loss, and I, I actually ended up, uh, like, not fainting all the way, but I was very, like, on the verge of passing out. Yeah. And then they ended up giving the baby to Mark because they were trying to make sure that I was good. Um, and, yeah, so that was, you know, that was the birth. But even after that, I think before they bring you up to, like, the next floor, they need you to, like... Pee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And I was not peeing. And the nurse was like, if you don't pee, we're going to have to put another catheter up. And again, I was like, you're not doing (laughs) I was like, the moment of you guys already sticking stuff up my body has come and passed. There's there's nothing, there's nothing else going up my vagina. Like, I already pushed my baby out. I already tore. There's, I already have feeling back. I said, there's nothing else that's going up there. You're yeah. going to have to wait until I use the restroom. Yeah. Um, so that was our labor and delivery in a nutshell, because obviously there's a lot more like in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I think at the end of it, you know, what is the goal for uh, a healthy happy baby, which is what we got, you know, underneath the stresses of all of that. But what I will say, what made up for it was once we got up to the postpartum floor, mm-hmm. that I think made up for like everything that we had gone through in the past couple hours because they were just, they were just amazing up yeah. there. Um, yeah, they were very like patient, very understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very gracious. So yeah, they, they were awesome up there. And it kind of also almost made me forget of like, the, the traumatic situation that we were just in a couple of hours before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but that's, that's my story. <laughs> I think, thank you for sharing first. Um, but I think this is like a twofold thing. So I think providers and nurses, and I think we forget sometimes that in the moment, like we're used to doing things so fast, right? And being efficient about things because we do it all the time. Um, And I know for me, like how, I I mean, I was taught, I'm not going to say I was taught. I'm going to say the environment around me when I became a nurse was very much like, give them these consents, sign these consents, tell them you have to put an IV, you have to do this, you have to check them, you have to do this. And it's not even like a malicious thing. That's just how you're taught, right? So that's how you talk to people. And it wasn't until um, I took this uh, prenatal yoga course in 2020 during COVID. And they were talking about like, traumatic experiences and a lot of it surrounded how people talk to them and how people approach them and even when I was in my midwifery courses um they kind of brought it up too like 
Now, like if I go in a room and, um, you know, the doctor wants you or the midwife wants to know like what their cervical exam is, like you ask, I ask, I ask everything now, like, would you like to be checked? And I explain the reason I can tell you right now. I mean, you know me, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to do. But if you're, if you're, if you're more, (laughs) if you're like, okay, well, I'm coming in because the doctor wants to know how dilated you are because of X, Y, and Z. And if you're not X, Y, and Z, they would like to do this because this, this, and this, it gives people more, you're more likely to get people to do what you want them to do. If you give them an explanation and you're nice. Yeah, for sure. You get what I'm saying? Versus walking in and being yeah. like, I'm going to check you. And if you don't do this, I'm going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. especially with like the vacuum thing. So people don't realize that that is a, that's traumatic. That's traumatic. Just even talking about it is traumatic. And yeah. I think, you know, there are situations where I've seen like where it has been needed very few that it has been like super necessary but like if mom had been pushing for hours and she's not pushing effectively and the baby's heart rate is going down and baby needs to come out soon you have a second to have that conversation Mm -hmm. you don't just get to scare people into doing what you want them to do because honestly if you say like and I know I know you well enough to know, like, no matter what you was doing, and they said, I'm I'm about to put this vacuum on, you're going to be like, no, you're not. You're not doing it. And I know Mark. I know Mark. Mark probably, I knock it off the table. Knock it off the table. They can't pick it up. It's not sterile. They can't pick it up. And I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be saying stuff like that out loud, but I'm dead serious. Like, people need to learn how to talk to people better and realize, like, it's not about you. The birth is not about the nurse or the doctor. Yeah. It is about the parents and the baby and it does not right. ma- honestly it does not matter what you think the outcome is going to be. Like you give people a chance to make their own decisions. I don't know. I just I have a I have a big thing about how you speak to people and asking permission to do stuff. I don't even go in a room and just touch people's stomach no more to put on my I ask, is it okay if I touch your belly? Is it okay? Because you don't know what traumas people have. You know what I'm saying? You can't just walk up and touch people. can't just walk up and say, I'm going to put this catheter in you. Because I've had people say, like, you're not. Like, no. And I'm like, I get it. Which is is fine. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know how easy it is as a nurse to go type in a chart patient refused? It don't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything. Now, if you walk in and you explain... Now, you tell me the difference. If you don't pee in, in two hours, I'm going to have to put this catheter up you so you could pee because you got to pee. Or, okay, you had an epidural and you had a tear. Um, the epidural takes a while to wear off. And sometimes, very rarely, your sensation may or may not come back or depending on how your tear was, it could have caused some trauma to your urethra or how they repaired you could have caused some trauma. So that may be why 
you can't pee. So if we get to a certain amount of time and let's say I go get a bladder scanner and we scan your bladder and see that your bladder is significantly full and you can't go to the restroom, is it okay if I drain your bladder? Like it makes a yeah. world of difference I, than to say I think if, it being explained that, you know, that would have been a different you know, Right. And even if even sure, if the answer yeah. is no, at least yeah. you know why people are trying exactly. to put something else up your vagina. <laughs> right, exactly. Like the the why behind it, it it does matter too. You know, I think I think in remembering like in moments just in general to be, you know, like empathetic towards other people especially if they're in in situations where you know if you have the power to make them feel that much better i think you know it it goes a long way yeah i agree i definitely agree um so i just want to say i'm sorry (laughs) your birth went the complete opposite direction of what you planned um (laughs) you know what too because so at the birthing center you're only there for um a couple hours i want to say yeah mm-hmm. like i think the mat like a couple hours after i think mm-hmm. the max like a day like you go home right yeah um actually yeah no a couple hours after so i say silver lining because once we were in the postpartum unit um soul did have like some i guess like liquid yeah. in his chest or yeah. something yeah but i this is, I guess, a thing that's, you know, it, it's a natural thing. I I didn't know that. Right. I thought he was choking. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> we just popped you out and we're ready having. <laughs> so, so in that sense, like, you know, I'm also thankful that we were there because if I would have been home, I really don't know what, you know, would have transpired. Like, how would I have handled that situation? Right. You know, so having the nurses there to be like, oh, no, this is that's normal and you know they went and they you know got it out like so again silver lining you know i i i do try and find the the positives where i can and even though it was you know what it was but in that sense i am also thankful that you know we were there yeah and um just one other thing i'm gonna say before um we kind of wrap it up is um and I feel like I've said it before. I don't know if it was on a Wound Wednesday or a podcast episode, but a lot of hospitals have this stigma or bias towards out-of-hospital births. And the issue is that people's biases, they come off in the room. Like, I've I've heard, I've heard it at the desk when they say we get in a birth center transfer and they're like, oh Lord, here comes the train wreck. And you treat people like that. And people yeah. don't realize that. If that's in your mind, that's how you're going to treat these people. That's how you're going to treat these people coming in. Like, be real about it. If, if their plan was to deliver at a birth center, they are here as a last resort. They don't want to be here either. So, why make it that much worse. Your job is to give people a safe and non-traumatic experience. Do that. Like, it's not your birth. It is not your experience. It is not your job to judge if somebody decided they wanted to deliver at their house, at a birth center, in their backyard, at the beach. It's not your business. They ended up here because they needed to come here. So do your job. Yeah. And I, that, like when I tell you that's one of my biggest pet peeves, 
like biggest pet peeves. Like most of the time, people who deliver outside of hospital don't want to deliver in the hospital because of issues like that. So change yeah. the narrative. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> Yeah, definitely felt that day, but yeah, I mean, all you can do is, I mean, well, what you're doing now, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, how would, um, how do, what I want to ask, well, I'll ask you this, how was your postpartum experience? I know you breastfed, and I know that brings another set of, you know, uh, <laughs> things on top of everything else, so how would you your postpartum experience went? Um, overall, I'd say mentally good. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of, you know, obviously, you know, now you have new baby. I'm also in, I'm also healing because I did tear. So I yeah. had second degree tears. Um, so I was like limping back and mm-hmm. forth so like yeah, not even limping shuffling I guess you could say <laughs> uh shuffling back and forth you know um but again like mentally just I think it was more so for me mental you know uh, affirmations with myself like you did it you got this again having a supportive partner um but the breastfeeding like obviously that you know that was something new thankfully he he did latch from uh, when he was born, mm-hmm. but you know, after breastfeeding for a couple, like even a couple of hours, because as you know, they're they're feeding every couple of hours. Right. So one, the lack of sleep, you know, uh, and two, him feeding. I was not used to that at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I think by day three. So on day three, I did say like. I do need, I need a break. <laughs> um, so I did pump and then instead bottle fed him for, for like a day. It was just a day. And then I went back to it, but I think it was just like a, you know, let me like, just to give myself like a little like, Ooh, you know, yeah. cause it, it did, it wasn't, it did hurt. You know, I, I never, I never like cracked or bled, um, thankfully, mm-hmm. but I probably was like on the verge if I didn't take that break. Um, but breastfeeding, you know, was, was, is, is amazing still. Um, I'm happy to have been able to, you know, have that bond with him. Yeah. And as far as like recuperating, again, as you know, it, it takes a couple weeks to kind of like get from not shuffling to just walking normally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I did like, um, like sits baths. Mm-hmm. So I did that, you know, I tried to do like, uh, like, like a tea tree oil mixtures and stuff, yeah. you know, so, so every time I would go, you know, to the restroom, I would, you know, kind of like bathe in that too, to kind of help, um, the healing process. Right. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say, I mean, and those were the beginning days, but I think, now or even in the first couple weeks i think having support i was just about to say that Mm -hmm. yeah i think having support is the biggest like and most helpful thing so mark's mom uh she had actually come down for two weeks Mm -hmm. i think a week after soul was born um so she was there for a week and mark's 
dad came down for a week with her and then he went home and then his aunt came down and she was there for a week so even having them there to you know either like after i was done feeding him to burp him or mm-hmm. just to hold him while he napped just so even if i was just staring at them you know <laughs> while while they held him because at the same time too like you know they were i wish i could say like i took advantage and like fell asleep or you know i i didn't take full full advantage um but i it was nice having that support there or even like someone to talk to um mark had gone he had only taken a couple days off um because he had just started at his uh his new job so we weren't even really sure we were like oh okay well you know i think we'll yeah we'll be fine like he could have, but we, I think we talked about it. And we were like, oh, maybe not. But now for next, like, we're like, no, you, you, yeah, let's be there. <laughs> because the support really does, you know, make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was even, even navigating, you know, I'd say sleep schedule very loosely because with a newborn, there is no really sleep schedule. It's literally, he's waking up to eat and to burp and to like go back to sleep and some play in there but really that's pretty much it and that's the cycle and and the time in between that cycle is very few Mm -hmm. including in the middle of the night which I knew that I wasn't going to be sleeping much but I didn't know I was not going to be sleeping that much (laughs) (laughs) so but again it was a to get over that or to get to like the other side of like, oh, well, this is happening. Cause I, I think it's very easy to be, you know, like in the thick of it and like, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to get through this? Yeah. Um, but again, a mental thing, like I just had to keep telling myself, okay, like this is, this is what's going on and this is how we're going to navigate it. And at the end of it, like looking down at that face and, you know, I, I he was, in my stomach for nine months and now he's here and now this is the next phase of it and now it's you know what what can I do to ensure that he's living like his best life I yeah. guess, you know so yeah. that's really like the next step and that's really what kept me going you know like making sure he's just receiving uh all the love that I you know that I have to give and that he's getting all the love you know from his surroundings to ensure that he you know uh has everything he needs to become like a wonderful human being just being and uh yeah yeah I love it and you're doing a great job (laughs) sweetheart thank you thank you I do want to (laughs) say I do want to say like um like between you and Dom I know for me uh being in my 30s uh you know, you kind of get set in your ways, especially those of us who like to travel. You know, once you start thinking about having a family, you're like, damn, how do I incorporate that? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we travel with a child? But I feel like you and Dom are setting great examples. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yes. Yeah, if anything, Dom has really shown, like, she does not let, you know, if anything, I think what we tell ourselves is this is just, in addition into what we were already doing, yeah, you know, so, and I love that she, uh, 
has gone on so many trips with, you know, with Levi and it's been a wonderful thing to see. Mm -hmm. And again, and even, even in postpartum, you know, that I, I still rely on her for, you know, you know, words of wisdom or even just to go back and forth and like, cause they're only, you know, a couple weeks apart, you know, so having that, uh, that support even still to this day is, is still wonderful because mm-hmm. I know that I can just hit her up at any moment like hey so how are things on your end you know, like how mm-hmm. are you know so yeah what I do think we all need to incorporate <laughs> after watching Dom these past couple of weeks I think parents need to celebrate their baby's birthdays as well <laughs> like what she did Oh my God. Like for the people that don't know, they literally, I don't know where they at like a beach club thing. I don't know what it was, mm-hmm. but yep, a pool party. yes. And you know, you have the happy whatever the sign say. And it just was like, happy, happy birthday, birthday Levi's parents. parents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and baby, they partied and I'm like, love that. And then they turned around and had a beautiful, uh, birthday celebration for Levi. It was beautiful. I'm like, see, I love my generation and I love my people. Because yes, <laughs> that's the type yeah, of life I'm was, trying to live. It was one wonderful to see because parents still need to have fun. Yes, like, yes. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people say like they lose themselves and they, you know, they get so wrapped up in being a parent that you forget, you know, yeah. you also are yourself too like yeah. what are you doing like, I, for I yourself can see, I can see how that it, it's it's very it so possible so easily yeah because right. there's so much that goes on every single day mm-hmm. with your you know with your child mm-hmm. it's very like super simple to get into there because that is your life at the moment it so is. I think remembering to take those moments for yourself, super important. And mm-hmm. Dom is a great example of that. She really so is. I'm very she appreciative is. to have that example. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You have any advice for new mommies? Anything that you learned along the way that you feel like you'll incorporate um, in your next pregnancy or postpartum or whatever going forward? Just any advice for people? I feel like it's probably what you hear all the time anyway, but I think just doing what works for you Mm -hmm. without letting, you know, there's going to be many people that have opinions and not even just with childbirth, but just, I think just in life in general, like there could, there's a million opinions out there, but I Mm -hmm. think at the end of the day, like doing what works for you, especially in your pregnancy, I think that's really the most important thing like at the end of the day if you can if you feel good about the decision that you're making then don't let you know outside anything pressure you into something that you know in the end may not make you happy or or is not having you stay true to yourself Mm -hmm. um i think that's really it like because so many so many things work for different people yeah um and again that ties into people having so many different experiences with pregnancy that there's not one thing that I can pinpoint on to say like, Oh, this specific thing. I think you just have to do what works for you and for your family, because that looks 
different for every household. Yep. Very much so. It's beautiful advice. Um, so I just want to say thank you and I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, because I think it's important to hear how, um, I mean, how important it is to be able to pivot in life. You know, we all have plans. We all have ideas about the ways we want to do things. Um, and I just think it's important to be able to hold true to yourself, but still have the ability to pivot. Um, and you're a great example of that. Thank you. Well, I thank you to you too, because you really in that moment of just, I I don't want to use the word like crisis, but in a way, because Mm -hmm. it happened so fast, you really helped us navigate uh, a lot in that moment. Like Mark was on the phone with you. Mm -hmm. You were readily available and it was, I'm forever grateful for that because you really, you know, guided us through and helped (laughs) us make decisions that otherwise we wouldn't have even known about you know so yeah and then even dom like her being available and giving us what worked for her in the hospital setting because again i had no experience with it so i definitely had a a great support system during that time and i am eternally grateful for that so you're welcome and maybe i could join in on the pregnancy pack next time so I'm joking. I'm joking. All right. Wait, wait. What you trying to say, Sarah? Oh, oh, nothing. I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, if you give if you give me a couple years, I got you. But I feel like I feel like you. I don't feel like you waiting a couple years. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, definitely not waiting. Waiting. We're, we're enjoying soul. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Stephanie so much for contributing to this podcast. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your story. I hope you guys got something from this. And, you know, look forward to more content from Phases of the Womb. Y'all have a great day. Bye.